Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. We're back. I'm Guido along with Scoot. In the kitchen! And Johnson! I'm excited about Scoot's internet now. Scoot is relocated himself. He yeah. is in his kitchen. I feel it's, like it's, it's a prime prime time now. Yes. I uh, mean, it's like the kitchen sessions with Scooty. Yes. You've heard the fireside chats. This is now, you know, like kitchen Easy access to the sesh. cheese. <laughs> I know. Easy access to the cheese. Like Scoot right now is loving this because he just he needs he needs some cheese. He just it turns might. around, That's gets right. the cheese, Bam. Yeah, right out the fridge. His new studio in the making, maybe. I like this. I like this. Johnson and I try to do these professional looking, cool right. podcast studios. Scoot sitting in his kitchen. Right in the kitchen. Thirty five degrees. <laughs> Thirty five degrees. Rocking and rolling in the freezer. Uh so guys, uh I guess the big news since we've last talked to everybody is Tasmanator. The ta- the Tasmanator? Tas Sherman. Don't have I don't know. It's not very good. Yeah, we don't want to really I mean who I guess that was Fran was Fran was pretty excited about that. So he'll be happy to know that that the Tasmanian devil's back because he'll get to use all that shtick again, right? right? So Taz Sherman decides to return and play another year at WVU. Changes the the scene a little bit. I think we all, I mean, myself included, did not think that Taz was one of the people who would return. Like I, Taz was one of the guys I said, oh, he's not coming back. No, he's, yeah, yeah. Played a lot of basketball for not getting paid. Maybe he'll go to Europe and get paid. But no, he's decided to come back and do his whatever you know extra year of eligibility is does this scooty change your overall perception of the direction this team is heading uh not really in the sense that i'm glad he's coming back however of all of the guys that are leaving he was probably fifth on my list of people i'd rather see come back as far as impacting the team i'd like to see them all come back but as far as having an impact on the team i would put taz I, maybe fourth above Jordan McCabe, above, just above. So Emmett Matthews above Taz Sherman. Yes, he's got. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think Emmett Matthews, defensively, and offensively, overall has a a more impactful game. Uh, part of it being his height and the fact that he can play some different spots on the floor. Taz is pretty much a, a two guard. He's a shooting guard. He's not going to really be a point guard for you. He's not going to be a small forward. He has to play the shooting guard role. So, I I mean, while it's important that we have a shooting guard, um, I much rather would have seen McNeil commit to coming back. So, as we stand right now, we still don't know, uh, you know, that as we record, we don't know the the details or the final decisions of, of Miles McBride and Sean McNeil. Those are still out in the whatever world of we're waiting for you to decide. I do know that Miles McBride was asked to go to the NBA Combine, which is now a thing. So, like, everybody, Major League Baseball is now doing a Combine, and the NBA does a Combine because the NFL has such success with it. Um, 
So he's going to go to this NBA combine and get to do his little, you know, show off during all of that. And then, you know, he's still in most mock drafts that I've looked at over the last week or so in the mid to late first round, you know, areas, a lot of mid first round for him. He's actually his draft stock in the past month or so has gone up. He was like late first round, early second round. Now he's mid first round. On the other hand, you have Sean McNeil Johnson, who hasn't really said anything and hasn't really shown up on any NBA radars. Yeah, and that's, I think, the most surprising thing about why we haven't heard anything. Because I, I would think if you're getting this kind of write-up like deuces, and I, you're right, I've been reading the same thing. So they were kind of comparing it to, like, I think Javon went number 32 when the Grizzlies drafted him. I've seen deuce anywhere from like 30 to 37 something like that but when you're reading this stuff you never read oh and sean mcneil is placing or at least i haven't seen let, let me preface it that way but when i'm following up on these things i don't i don't necessarily see that for for sean mcneil so to me yeah it it seems odd that we're not hearing any news kind of like scott uh kind of like Scoot was saying on the last on the last show when we recorded, like, why wouldn't you just go ahead and say, Hey, I'm in, I'm good. Like, let's do this. Especially now with Taz coming back, maybe that sways some thought a little bit, but I, I think it's, I think it's weird that we haven't heard any talk. And if you're Sean McNeil, Scooty, like where are your options at this point? Like it's June, mid June, you know, NBA drafts in a couple of weeks. You haven't committed to going to the NBA hundred percent. You haven't committed to come back to your school hundred percent. You know, at what point does it, you know, where, where, where are his options? Like, what does he do from this point? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure WVU would take him back if he said, hey, I, you know what? I know I stuck out there a while and I just wanted to see if I could squeeze any ounce of NBA out of me. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think he's best suited for Europe, maybe. Maybe the G I League. just don't see... You know what he's trying to achieve by this. Like well, I, I it, would think, right? You would you would have made that decision by now. Yeah, and it makes me wonder. With you know, I I wasn't really familiar with the dating on the combine. So with the with the combine set for the end of June here, I think it's twenty first through the twenty seventh. Do we think that you know a guy like Sean goes works out, gets that final feedback, then we hear something? I mean, I think then you know, like maybe in the middle of that week, if you're getting, if you're finally getting that piece of feedback or something, I, I it still seems odd, but maybe that's when that happens. I don't know. I I just wonder if if he thinks that he still has a chance, or if, is this something? And I'm going to go back to my my theory is the roommate theory that those three guys probably made a deal. Hey, you know what? If you're not coming back, I'm not coming back. And that's Emmett Matthews, Jordan McCabe, and Sean McNeil. That makes me think of one of my favorite Tribe Called Quest albums, Scoot, when you say the roommate theory, because I think <laughs> of the, the low-end theory. But I, back on – can we just go back on Taz for a second too? Because you said you didn't think it would be as impactful as somebody like Sean coming back or even an Emmett Matthews. But I think I would like to just challenge that a bit because we spent all last season – watching Taz from a sixth man position many times, multiple times lead the team in scoring in certain games. And we kind of sat and argued all season. Should he be on the court as the fifth starter instead of somebody like a Sean McNeil? So I think it's, I think it's interesting that you're saying you don't feel like that's such a big, a big impact to, to me. When I saw this news, my first thought was 
Jalen Bridges is probably the happiest person in the world right now because now he doesn't have to score approximately 62 points per game <laughs> to right. make a, you know, to keep us, to keep us rolling. I, I think, you know, you put a, somebody like Taz automatically injects a ton of the offense that we, that we generated last year. So I think that's a huge, that's it to me. That's a huge impact. Uh, here's my question about it, and I think it's great. Like, I think we had we've said for a few weeks or months now on the podcast that like we either need to get Taz or Sean back, and I think if we got one yeah, or the other, true. there would be a balance. Like, there's a you know a, a nice return to the to normality for us. But I still don't see in this team like who's now running the point. Like who. You know, so you've got these guys that are returning. I think it's Kedrian Johnson, and that scares me. And I think you're right. Like, I think that's the only option you have is Kedrian Johnson. And and I'm, I, I think he's a great defensive player. I think Kedrian Johnson, you know, you look at him as a basketball player, it, it, you know, he's a great defensive player, but he's not going to be – I guess I didn't see last year the, you know – the promise of him being an over-the-top point guard. We had Jermaine Haley, who was, what, six foot seven, running the point a lot of times, and he was a transfer. Do we feel like he was a stopgap because we just didn't have a true point guard, kind of like the de facto point guard? We didn't have anybody else that could really be the point guard, and because of that, we've not really, one, either recruited True point guards. I think I'm with you, Scoot. I think it's it's uh, for me. I feel like it's more of a de- development side of things. Like, you know, we and maybe this is a Huggins defense, Huggins style of coaching thing. There's there hasn't been a situation where we've developed a true point guard, you know. And we tried it with Miles. We we tried it with McCabe, and and it's yeah, it's been it's been a challenge. I mean, you know, you had it. Javon Carter was the one kind of standout and all of that, you know, but other than that, wh- who else have we really had in the Huggins era that have been standout point guards? Yeah. Well, I think you'd, I think you'd point to like a Jawan Staten, but I, I think even he was what Dayton, came to us right. from Dayton. I think, you know, we kind of reaped the benefit of that transfer. So, I mean, it's a good point, Scoot. I think Haley probably was a stopgap in that whole process. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of telling to me that, and maybe it's just uh, the lack of, depth we have as as far as good passing guards but when I think of the good passers on our team I'm thinking Gabe Osaboyan I'm thinking Derek Culver I'm thinking like all of a sudden like the big men and their passing ability stands out to me because I think we don't have a guard that passes as well as we'd like yeah I think we've yeah we've talked about that before and I would tend to agree it's weird that the big men are the are the better not that you don't see you know big men as consistent good passers but on our team that seems like it's always the case that you're not pointing to guards for right this. so it's interesting what's happening I mean obviously still developing we probably have a couple of weeks left to figure out what's really going to happen with who's returning and who's not on this team John well I think it's interesting just before we leave that you know we we all follow John Rothstein who's always writing about college basketball. And don't you think it's interesting, just again to the impact of Taz Sherman, I think before Taz's news, I'm not really sure where we were ranked in the Rothstein 45. He kind of posts his lists of teams to watch for the next season. After Taz comes back with his news, he bumps us all the way up to 14th. So, you know, we're sitting here, 
we're sitting here talking about like where we think points are going to come from. And so you got a guy like Rothstein ranking as 14th. I think, I think it just shows that we're, you know, we're three guys sitting here. I think now, you know, we certainly weren't expecting Taz to come back. Um, we're probably, you know, without polling you two, I think I can safely probably say that we're three folks that are still not expecting any of these guys to come back. And I have to think when I read somebody like Rothstein's tweet and, and people, other folks that are now ranking us up in the, you know, upper kind of tier of teams, they've got to be thinking that, or assuming that some of these other guys are still making a, you know, making their way back well, to this and, roster. And maybe, right? maybe we have uh, underestimated uh, a guy like Malik Curry, who's transferring in. Um, perhaps we're underselling uh, Kobe Johnson or Seth Wilson. Um, they're to us unknown entities, but maybe you know on the in the AAU circuits and in some of the recruiting circles, these guys could be um, Daxter Miles and Javon Carter types that we just don't really know much about. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. Um, well, and Scoot, like when you think about like basketball is one of the different than any other sport, I think, in a lot of ways, because it's only five guys on the court and because it's such a small sort of knit team like the having a transfer that may fit better you know, may change right. the team's dynamic drastically. Unlike baseball or basket or football, like basketball is one of those sports where, like, if Malik Curry comes in and he fits and he changes the team's dynamic, it could make a big change to the team. Right, and that's something we just don't – we haven't heard too much out of practices yet. They've just started to kind of get back together on campus uh, with, with some of the uh, freshmen that are now on campus for the summer. Um, so we really haven't heard too much yet. Yeah, and that's interesting too, Scoot, because WVU basketball tweeted out a back to what, like a hashtag back to yeah. work photo, and I immediately like scoured. Yeah, well, I'm, the I'm like zooming in. I'm, I'm trying to like get my two fingers <laughs> moving the the phone to see. Okay, I, I think I see. Uh, is that Senny Enjai? Is that Taj Sweet? <laughs> right. And, and Taj Taj Sweet. Who do I see? Built like a. I, I mean, he looks like the oldest freshman I've ever seen in my life. And he was a, like a pretty much a red shirt freshman for us. Uh, I got to believe that we can maybe squeeze something out of, out of his physique to do well with the basketball. Like, I mean, he, the kids put together, he looks like uh, a guy that would start for a lot of programs. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe Huggins was just kind of holding him back just because uh, almost like uh, a Lamont West or or uh, a Jalen Bridges or something there, but I don't know. So sticking with basketball and basketball recruiting, guys, couple of interesting WVU like Huggins has gone international recruiting lately, and it's oh, kind of interesting. Gonna, Scoot and I are going to like this one. I mean, it's super international. So you've got, and I'm not, I'm not doing names, guys. You guys are up on names. Like I'm not going to try even try these names, but you've got two guys. Uh, one guy who's French. He's uh, as good as bon. good as French bon. big man. Oui, oui. C'est bon. Uh, <laughs> is it, Scoot, give me the name. Uh, Christ. Christ. Oh, what was his layout? Essendoko. Essendoko. He plays. He's he plays at Winston Salem, uh, prep, and uh, and he's gotten offers from pretty where much you, everybody. You know, where standard, you know, classic Winston prep, where you find all your French yes. big men. I mean, yeah, go on, right. I mean, come on, that's just. Right. So Everybody he's um 
so you know, big guy, uh, 2022 guy coming in. Uh, he he's he's one guy, and then you've got another commit, David Tubek, who is from the South Sudan. Uh, another you know forward, six eight, two hundred ten pound, big guy. Uh, a lot of struggles in the South Sudan. A lot of struggles, struggles in the South Sudan. I'm sh- looking to get out. Um, so, I mean, I just think it's, you know, Huggins taking on the international recruits lately. He does well. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I feel, and this sounds crazy to me, but I do feel that West Virginia sells itself well to international students and athletes. Um, having coached several um, foreign exchange students in my time, I know that when they came here, a lot of them, West Virginia is not what they think they're getting. Like when you say you're going to go to America for school, West Virginia is not what you're thinking. Like you're thinking New York City, <laughs> Los Angeles, Miami. Those are the places you think right. you're going to go. And then when you find out that you're going to uh, West Virginia, roughly an hour south of anything worth talking about and an hour north worth anything <laughs> talking about, you're probably thinking, where did I go wrong? And I really miss my mom and dad. Well, <laughs> Scooty sometimes says things and I feel like it just people are just hitting the unsubscribe button on our podcast. Well, it's it's very it's very Connecticut, right? Every once in a while, Scoot goes full like, where, where, where well, I'm from? from? Where I'm from, there are things. There's no there's thing things. in West the, Virginia. The thing, where, where, the listen, things, where I'm the living right now, not here. there's not a lot going on. So I, I think that. The people, though, of see, I'm coming around. Give me a chance. I didn't get to the point I'm yet. A, I know, I know where you're going. I know I'm where you're pulling going. It go in, ahead, go folks. Ahead. If you're listening, he's pulling the, it in. He's pulling the it in. People yeah. of West Virginia <laughs> make it where when once the kids kind of settle in and they kind of get rid of some of that homesickness, they really do. They really do seem to adopt uh, some of these students. The West Virginians do, and, and the kids love it here. Uh, some of the, my former players that have come from overseas, from Europe and from Mexico, they come back and visit all the time because they had such a good time here. And it's so opposite of what they thought they were going to go to. But the the welcome feeling that they had when they were here and, and how um, West Virginians kind of just take them in as their own, especially when you're a student at WVU, you know, good grief. You, th- you say that you're going to go drive by the Coliseum and you're a, a, a recruit. People are like, welcome home. Like, you're just driving by the place. You're not even going in to re- get recruited, but you might just be driving by. People are like all over you on Twitter and on social media. So it's it's um, a welcome place. Scoot brought it home with the good people route. I like it. That was good. No, was and, good. He's, and you're absolutely right, Scooty. Because, like, you go out there on Twitter right now with these with – these, I mean, it's on the football and the basketball side. You go out there on Twitter. Now the visits are back. Yeah, yeah. Vis- now that the visits are back, like, I mean, you see the difference. You definitely see the difference. And I do agree with you. Like, I think that's like, you know, West Virginia has always done well at selling itself, you know, the people. And I think, and this go. I mean, it's the, it's the same with basketball. We say it a lot with football, but we don't say it enough with basketball. We talk a lot about football. There's no professional teams in West Virginia, so WVU football is like our professional team. Well, the same is true with the basketball team. Like, there's no professional basketball even close. I mean, there's professional basketball is further away than NFL Washington, football. Washington D.C., Philadelphia, yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. And I think that I think it's the same situation where like. 
It's 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 a you know you become you come to West Virginia you become a star and everybody treats you well and they treat you know it's and so I hope that that's always kind of helped our recruiting. I mean even the Beeline days, even in the Catlett the days. The unfortunate part is it sometimes takes a while, right? So it it it's not a I don't know that West Virginia is an instant sell. Like to say I'm being recruited by West Virginia and you're some Norwegian guy. Like you're that's probably not like people in Norway are thinking like I don't even know what you're talking about. But <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but when they get here and they've spent a little bit of time on campus or they spent a little bit of time on social media talking about it, people like really warm up to them. And yeah. uh, I I think that the on-campus recruiting visits have helped that tremendously. Now, here's my question to both of you, without researching it. Who was the last French player to play basketball for WVU? The last French player. This should be a bluff the fluffs. That's a, wow, that should have been a bluff the fluffs question. I have a guess, but I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth, so I might just keep it I to myself. No Guido, I can't think? think of anybody who, at least, I can't think of anybody. I mean, we know it's not Brent Solheim. He's from not, Minnesota. He's a Swedish school. meatball. What skewed who who uh <laughs> who is it then? Who what do you got? Remy Debo. Oh Remy Debo. That wasn't Remy the name Debo. I was thinking, yes. but okay. Sable. Yeah. For toi. What year was what years were Remy Debo? I my thought I'm gonna say fifteen, maybe two thousand fifteen. It was in the last couple of years. Yeah, I right. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, WVU basketball still coming together. Really quick, some other notes, Johnson, about WVU basketball. And I don't I don't know what my feeling is on this. Joe Mazzula, former WVU standout, head coach at Fairmont State for a couple of years, has been an assistant coach for the Celtics for the past two years and is interviewing for the new Celtics NBA head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, I think we, uh, you know, we saw this story that that's something that he's certainly a fan favorite, one of our own. I think he's been in the Boston Celtics organization now for a couple years after leaving Fairmont State, right? So it's no, no surprise to me that he's getting a look. I guess I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to be like the cynical West Virginia sports guy, but when I first read this, I thought – is he really getting a look or is this just one of those things where they're like, you know, feeling out who else is in the potential field of coaching possibilities? You know, I that just seems like such a huge job to be that quickly elevated into. Now, having said that, that would be amazing. Well, Scooty and I had this conversation offline over text, and it's one of those things where, Scoot, the NBA can be weird sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird place in the sense that a lot of times your coaches aren't necessarily the traditional people you would think would be coaches, former NBA players or even former stars. Now, they do sometimes work out that way. But if you look at uh, the Miami Heat, and I would say that the Miami Heat in the last 10, 10 to 15 years have been a fairly successful franchise. Their head coach, Eric Spolstra, started out as a like the video guy. You know, one of those, uh, almost like a, not to be belittle the position, but almost like a a super manager, if you will, a guy that would just, you know, cut video highlights and, and video so that the guys could study and the coaches could see weaknesses and strengths and things of that sort. That's where he started. And because of that, I think that lends itself to, you know, understanding the game very well. And Joe Missoula, who actually does have some head coaching experience at the, at the college level, 
Uh, and I think he was fairly successful while doing it. Um, I think it's just an interesting fit. I know he's a New England guy. He's from uh, Rhode Island. So I, I know for for coming from his point of view, this is probably a dream job to be able to coach the NBA team closest, probably the one he grew up rooting for. He probably was a big uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, um, Ray Allen fan with the the, uh, the Boston three party, if you will. So I think he's I think he's probably in heaven if he gets this job. Yeah, and you know what's funny is so, and if you don't follow the NBA, uh, Danny Ainge stepping down as president of the Celtics, and Brad Stevens, the current head coach, is moving into that position, and and what's interesting about it um, is, you know, we picked up the Joe Missoula thing from uh, SI uh, Nation, the Mountaineers uh, in the pros kind of section, and we saw that, but it's been it's also you know I'm in the Boston area, so Fan Nation, a bunch of other you know the globe a bunch of other places up here have talked about joe missoula in this position so it's really interesting to see you know that happen for a wvu guy yeah, that's cool yeah so it's 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 uh it's it's one of those things we'll have to follow well and i think i think we've talked about this here on the show but in a lot of ways when we've talked about life after bob huggins his name has been thrown out by by all three of us at some point or another talking about is there a possibility where a guy like Joe Missoula comes back to, to coach? He's got the coaching experience. I know that we would love to see, you know, like a Joe Missoula, Darius Nichols, uh, uh, Deshaun Butler, James Long, even some of these guys that are former players that have played for hugs. Uh, Rob Summers is coaching at uh, Cleveland State. So, I mean, we've got a little bit of a yeah. – a coaching tree in the sense that they're not necessarily former coaches with hugs, but they're former players of hugs now coaching. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and you can, you can easily, it's people that you could easily see moving into that type of position. A Darius oh, Nichols, I'd... a Joe Missoula, the list you, I mean, those are all guys you could see. It would make sense. And, and it would, it would make sense from a fan standpoint, they would get a warm, well, you know, it would, to me, there wouldn't be a ton of debate. I like, People I mean, would embrace Could you imagine it, if Deshaun or Jawan Staten or uh, Darius Nichols or some of these guys that just – they're kind of from the – I don't want to say the glory years, but the stretch there with Beeline since Beeline. That that group of players, yeah. I think that you would have a, a very warm welcome for those yeah, guys. Yeah, me too. I no doubt. Yeah, it'd be it, it would totally be fun. So good luck to Joe Mazzulla in that. We'll obviously keep an eyes on that. Guys, in other WVU basketball news, something else to talk about, a couple more things to talk about, but one of the other things, schedules starting to come together. At least the, you know, the non-conference early season schedule has come together. And I think, you know, on top of the Charleston Classic, and it is a classic, obviously we're playing we're playing Pitt again in November, uh, which is fun. Um, but one of the big things, Johnson, to have come out of the news for the non-conference schedule is UConn coming to the Coliseum on December 8th to play the Mountaineers in the Big East Big 12 battle. Yeah, Scoot, I, I love this. I mean, of all, to be honest with you, there's a very short list f for this Big East Big 12 battle that we've you know been in. I mean, St. John's was kind of on the margin of like one of those teams I, like I was Georgetown. super happy to play with. I, th I think, yeah, Georgetown, UConn, there's like a short list. So when I saw this, Oh man, I'm totally pumped, and I and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be one of those sellout games at the Coliseum, like feel like an old Big East game. So with UConn now settling in with Dan Hurley, who kind of took over 
in in a awkward way for Kevin Ollie, who Kevin Ollie was like uh, one of Connecticut's you know favorite sons, and the fact that he kind of went out uh, with some recruiting issues really left a, a poor taste, and it really left UConn basketball in a big mess. So uh, Dan Hurley's working hard to rebuild that, and they're kind of an upstart Big East team. I think that they've got uh, a bright future, and so it should be a good matchup. Um, I can tell you this, fellas. I once went to a uh, UConn WVU game. Okay, this is prior to my okay. WVU um, uh, allegiance, fandom. fandom, if you will. I, I okay. wore a UConn right. sweatshirt. I got a lot yes. of middle fingers. Oh, a lot of middle <laughs> As fingers. As you should have. It was a little awkward and very uncomfortable. Did you one day think that you'd be aligning yourselves with these people that were um, giving you the bird? N- well, yes and no. Only in the sense that I had a connection to WVU or to, to West Virginia. Um, I don't know that I, at the time, I wasn't thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm going to be one of them. But um, <laughs> I was catching a lot of one finger waves. Are you are you one of them now? Excuse me. I, I think mean, I am. I mean, <laughs> I, I've I you're a convert. I feel a like master's you're a convert. degree. I've got a rooting interest. Uh, yeah, I think I am. Well, this feels good, Guido. This is like thank you just to the basketball gods. Give me something you know to feast on before we get into that just you know buzzsaw of the big 12 conference and you know not only the the quality teams but then having to try and care about playing against people like iowa state and stuff like that so this is great when i read this i'm just so happy that we still get you know bits and pieces can't wait to play in the octagon of doom (laughs) right and historic gallagher iba arena so historic (laughs) as the other non-conference games go that you release the whole schedule it's you know it's hit or miss there's some interesting i mean we're we're doing the radford thing again which we did about five years ago well and that that is yes that's Darius is going to be coaching that team so that'll be that'll be fun that'll be fun on that that game uh you know youngstown state again who i think we've had a home and away with youngstown state for the past like six years oakland we play oakland again which i feel like we just kind of cycle through every three or four years some of these like mid-majors that huggins has got to be like tight with a lot of the coaching staffs or somebody in that you know and like yeah you know we'll get back to you here in about three or four years and then he just picks them back up and and then of course we're super excited about uh, everybody's favorite logo on a team who we played in football last year, Eastern Kentucky, yes. who looks like they have a logo from like Tecmo Bowl in 19. 19- yes, they. Oh, yeah. They are, is this the Colonels? Yes, the Colonels. Is this the Colonels? It's like an E, and it's like not very. Yeah. Then we're playing a team I've never heard of before on November 30th. We're playing Bellamine. Bell. I saw that. No Bellamine? idea. What is that? Uh, I. No, uh, I have no idea. No, I was going to say, I think it's like a school of the, uh, do they, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not even going to speculate. Bellarmine University is in Louisville, Kentucky, by the way. So in case you're wondering, it's a, uh, they they are uh, a Division One basketball school in the. I thought they were like a prep school. I thought it was like a, like a. I don't know, like a Lindsley. They're in the A-Sun uh, conference. Yeah. So anyways, it's, it's uh 
Yeah, interesting, interesting non-conference. Other WVU basketball stuff, we're going to talk in a couple of weeks. Take two weeks from now, we're going to talk a little bit best Virginia basketball as they line up. But I just wanted to say for our friends on the Final Forecast who uh, are great and are support us as well, Best Virginia uh, is playing two exhibition games, one in Beckley on July 7th and one in Wheeling on July 9th. And you can get tickets for those games at bestvirginia.com as they ramp up to play in the TBT, the tournament, uh, which starts July 17th in, and I and Johnson and I talked about this earlier, they're calling it the Charleston Coliseum. They're playing they're playing the TBT in the Charleston Coliseum starting July 17th. I like it. Well, Guido, Guido, I looked it up, and that's what Charleston is calling. Oh, are they it. really calling it the Charleston Coliseum? Yeah, I just I went and looked it up while we were sitting here, and it's Charleston Coliseum and Civic and Center. Civic Center. Or, sorry, no, 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 no. Sorry, I screwed that up. It's the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Is the way they refer to it. Really? So it's no longer called the Civic Center in Charleston or whatever? So apparently not. I would call it the Charleston Rainbow Seats and Sticky Floors. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to get That's on a, a sign. I don't think they can fit that on a so sign. The to... Charleston Coliseum. I love it. I love I, it. They should be it calling it. It doesn't look it. like a, like, I think like the, the Morgantown Biscuit Basket Coliseum, I feel like that kind of looks like some sort of odd structure that maybe we would call a coliseum the new civic center coliseum uh it's kind of shaped like a box doesn't really look much like a coliseum and it's still the same inside that's the difference it hasn't changed inside i'm still holding out for a tropicana orange juice uh sponsorship because i think aerial shot of the coliseum it looks like a looks like the orange orange juice yes it does so yeah, I think you could do. I think you could make that work. The biscuit basket. I still, is still love the my biscuit favorite. basket. Tudors, Tudors is, is missing Tudors out. Tudors is just sitting I, on that. I don't yeah, know they're what just they're thinking. A hundred percent, they're missing out on that. The Tudors biscuit basket is gold. Could you imagine eating a Ron in the biscuit basket? Come on, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Every concession stand has Tudors in it. Like, what are they doing? Call us, yeah, Tudors. We got the answers. Yes. What about That's Zools? Right Maybe Zools with the lemon squeeze. <laughs> the squeezing of the lemon for Zools uh, frozen lemonade. We're marketing geniuses, the three of us. That could work. Yeah, Guys, in work. WVU football news, not a lot to talk about. I mean, a lot of recruiting going on, a lot of names for the 2022-2023 season uh, coming out. But really three big things that were announced were game times for the first three games of the season. Maryland game is on September 4th. That's Labor Day weekend. It's 3.30 on ESPN, so on the network. Uh, so that'll be a fun game to watch on that Saturday. LIU, the powerhouse, Long Island University, uh, is coming to Morgantown on September 11th at 5 o'clock. That game is at 5 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. So you got to pay 5 bucks to watch that game, in case you're wondering. And then Virginia Tech uh, also comes to Morgantown. That's on Saturday, September 18th. That game's at noon. It's on Fox Sports 1. Homecoming was announced for October 2nd as well, Texas Tech. And Guido, people on Twitter kind of lost their mind on the Virginia Tech time, the the game time set for noon. I think everyone agreed that you're finally going to get this game 
make that an evening night game in Morgantown, you know, so that noon time came out and people were just losing it on Twitter. And I, at first I was like, what's the big deal? And then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, man, what, what an opportunity missed. I think that game five years ago is a prime time game. If you're thinking from the television, ESPN, Fox, those places are what dictates these times, ABC, CBS to, to look at, Virginia Tech and to look at WVU, that's probably not the marquee matchup that they're looking for as far as ratings go, and that's probably why it's what it no, is. No, yeah, I, the I fans agree. of course I, don't I care about television ratings because they're going to watch regardless. But <laughs> right, if you're ESPN right. and you're trying to draw eyes from other places, they're probably thinking, well, maybe uh, an SEC game might be a little bit more of an appealing look, or or whatever else could be possibly that night. I mean, what when was when was the last like really good night game in Morgantown? Like what? Well, I think people point back to the LSU game that, you know, that was a prime time. Uh, I think they did the gold, you know, gold rush. It looked great on television. The game itself was great for much of the game. Um, that, that had all the feeling of a huge primetime game. That's the one that comes to mind. Yeah. And I, that's the thing I, I haven't felt like there's been, you know, I know we've had some conference games that have been night games in the past couple of years, either home or away, but I feel like Morgantown hasn't gotten a really good, you know, primetime network, you know, television night game in a long time. I think, um, and maybe I'm biased because I was there, the, uh, Tavon, Austin, Oklahoma, like 450 whatever he had crazy all-purpose yards that was a, a night game yeah that's a good um, one. that was pretty popular my my ice just dropped in the freezer <laughs> that's part of having you know just the ambiance kitchen studio you've heard of the uh the the josh witt dire prime kitchen pantry pantry <laughs> you're looking at the scooty love uh Electrolux uh, fridge freezer combo <laughs> studio. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, find us on the social medias. That's where we are. You can find us at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter, and also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Well, guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And right now, it's back to being tied. Seven games apiece. Johnson won last time talking about chicken sandwiches because we knew Johnson knew more about chicken sandwiches than Scoot. I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah, I mean, come on. Fact, fact. right? Fact. Uh, 
Hashtag. By the way, fact. since we did that, la- I really believe that Taco Bell was listening to our podcast because since we did that last episode, Taco Bell has brought back the naked chicken chalupa in the past two weeks. <laughs> like, so somebody somebody was had to have been listening. I mean, we are movers and shakers in the chicken sandwich world. We are. I moved I mean, and had a uh, piece of uh, Colby Jack on my chicken sandwich from. Chick-fil-A the other day. Ooh, fancy. Did they look at you odd? Did like Blaine with the iPad in the in the drive-thru was like, you want what, sir? You give like, me some options. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on I it. I like the cheese on the chicken sandwich at uh, at Chick-fil-A. Anyway, enough chicken sandwich talk. We'll save that. We'll, maybe we'll just do it. Maybe we'll just start doing a podcast about chicken sandwiches, guys. <laughs> Johnson would be in heaven. <laughs> what would we call what would you call that what would you call that podcast, Scoot? That podcast would be called Bagot Fair <laughs> and Foul. <laughs> oh, that's good, Skeet. Actually, I like that a lot. Uh, that should also be the name of our baseball podcast. It could be a podcast yes. about baseball and chicken, and chicken sandwiches. And chicken, and chicken Somebody sandwiches. Somebody dodge Cloney right that's now. That's a hit. Somebody call him up. That's, that's a, a hit. hit right there. Come on. All right. Uh, so this week, so we're tied up right now. Johnson and Scoot tied seven games apiece right now. And I don't know if you guys know this, but June is National Candy Month. It's National Candy Month, and so this week we're right. doing candy, but candy related to the state of West Virginia. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. See, is there, I mean, how much candy can there be in West Virginia, you know? Right. I mean, that's my first thought. I'm intrigued. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so, guys, remember, a uh, correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth ten points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Scooty, you came out on top this week. Congrats. You feel like you're going to win? Uh, no, but thank you. I mean, do you have, are, are either of you have a sweet tooth, like, like the candy? I, mean, I like a little bit of candy every once in a while. I'm uh, not a big, like, hard candy, Skittles, you know, gummy bear. I mean, I like that. I'm not anti, but I'm not really. When I think of candy I like, it's more like I'm more candy like chocolate bars, I'm a chocolate you know, guy. chocolate, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Chocolate, right. chocolate, guys. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see how you do with this, this, this week. So here we go. Bluff the Fluffs. Question one goes to Scooty. Scooty. What is the most popular candy in West Virginia, according to a 2018 study? Is it Milky Way candy bars, Reese's peanut butter cups, Blow Pops, or Skittles? That's a that's a there's a tricky tricky element to this. Um, I'm gonna say Reese's peanut butter cups, but Skittles could be it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scoot. That's an incorrect answer. Johnson for ten points in the steal. Is it Milky Ways, Reese, or sorry, Milky Ways, Blow Pops, or Skittles? I think Scoot was right. I'm gonna have to go Skittles. I'm sorry. According Ooh. to that 2018 study, Blow Pops were the number one candy in West Virginia. They, what? That was my fourth. That was my they fourth. They must have told like. Five-year-olds, five-year-olds. Yeah, who are these people? I mean, yeah, who are these people? Skittles were second, and Milky Ways were third. Nobody likes that gum on a blow pop. Nobody does. Come on. All right, so no points right there. Uh, That's not very good. I mean, I mean, that 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 wasn't impressive at all. All right, Johnson. This next question is back to you. 
All right, let's get back on Hall's track. Hall's Swiss Chocolates is a world-renowned chocolatier located in West Virginia. What town is their factory located in? Is it mm. Charleston, Ivydale, Vienna, or Helvetia? Oh, you really threw some in there this time, didn't you? Um, I'm going to go with Vienna. That's correct. Hall's Hall's Swiss Chocolates are located in Vienna, West Virginia, and you can order them online. Just go to their website, hallsswisschocolates.com. Congratulations, Johnson. Five points right there. Scooty, this next question is back to you. True Treats is in Harper's Ferry. It's a very famous candy store. And what are they known for? They're, are they known for being the oldest candy store in the nation? Are they known for making and selling pre-1900s candy? That they sell 50 different types of peanut brittle? Or that they sell candy only made from West Virginia products? I am going to go with, um, was it prior to 1950? Is that the year? 1900. 1900. I'm going with that one. That's correct. They make and sell candy that was uh, designed or was popular pre-1900. So congratulations, Scoot. can only imagine it's delicious. You get five points on that one. Uh, and so we're all tied up. Five points apiece. Johnson, this next question is back to you. What candy was named the least popular Halloween candy in West Virginia in 2020? Was it... Candy corn, dots, almond joy, or pixie sticks? Well, I already struck out big time on blow pop ranking. So when I think of my ranking here, I have one in mind. I'm going to go opposite of that. And I'm going to choose almond joy. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh Who are these people? (laughs) Almond joy is not one of them. Scooty, least popular Uh Halloween candy in West my uh, my my feedback uh, when I talk to talk to folks about their candy, uh, I get a lot of uh, st- I get a lot of static. This is a thing you do about candy corn, candy corn not popular. That's correct. Candy corn is the least popular candy in the state of West Virginia, and Scooty gets the steal right there. It takes the lead fifteen. To five over Johnson. Wow, Scoot, you know. Well, now, I I mean, I wasn't angry at candy corn. Now I am because it just cost me 10 points, candy corn. I like candy corn myself. I do, too. I don't mind candy corn. You know what I don't like about candy corn, though, is like, it's, it's, you know, it's always when you trick or treat, it's always like the person packaged it. Like, it doesn't come in like a pre-packaged candy corn. Like, somebody took it and they put it in a Ziploc bag and then put it in your, so they touched your candy corn before you ate your candy corn um i will i would never have that but uh i feel the candy corn can only be enjoyed in the month of october maybe maybe november 1st because you're the day after halloween but like not any other now yeah you argue that these jelly beans this weird i don't know fetish you have with jelly beans uh, is, a, is a thing that you try to push on people past like April, a, which I, nobody does. I like a good gourmet jelly bean, Scoot. Nobody says, hey, you know what? I could go for some jelly beans. <laughs> I mean, I think people do. I think 
you like candy corn, so that just <laughs> I mean, shows you the difference of what my of palate my likes and your palate season, likes. But okay. Do you eat peeps like in uh, July? No, no, exactly. I, don't. I don't eat peeps at Easter either. I don't like peeps. Peeps, and uh, uh, is there any questions about uh, circus peanuts? Because those are gross as well. No, 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 no questions. You know what I like? I like orange slices. Orange slices are good. Johnson's losing it. Johnson's like, well, okay, now we're talking. We're going to the candy depth straight <laughs> Bring <now."> us back. <laughs> Bring us back, Guido. Bring us back. All right, here. Here we go. Next question, Scooty. This question's back to you. Uh, traditional Appalachian pool candy which is some kind, sometimes called Joe candy, mm. is a type of taffy that has had recipes passed down from families to families over generations in West Virginia. To make Appalachian pull candy, pull taffy, you have to have a metal hook. You pull, on, you pull the taffy on the metal hook outside yes. in your yes. backyard. Historically, what does the outdoor temperature need to be to make Appalachian pool candy. Is it 25 to 50 degrees, 50 to 75 degrees, 75 plus, or freezing? Well, uh, it's a good question. Um, typically, when I'm pulling my taffy, I like to do it in the warmer months. So I'm going to go with, uh, uh, I'm going to go uh, near freezing. How about that? Bam, near freezing. I thought I'd trick you. I thought I was trying to like... Correct. When have you ever pulled taffy, Johnson? So, is it uh, twenty-five to fifty degrees, fifty to seventy-five degrees, or seventy-five plus? I'm gonna say twenty-five to fifty. That's correct. I mean, maybe Johnson really is from Boone County and understands Appalachian pool. In candy. theory, could we argue that I should get half credit? Uh, no. Well, you chose near to freezing, say a right? weird version of 25 the, to yeah. 50 you is near freezing listen, you had you had four options you picked the freezing one yeah unfortunately doesn't work all right all right so we're tied up 15 apiece scooty and johnson are tied and johnson this next question is back to you in west virginia if a person over this age attempts to trick-or-treat they may be fined $100. Is it the age of 14, 15, 12, or 18? I'm going to go with 18. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Scooty, if a person is over this age in the state of West Virginia, they may be fined $100 to trick or treat. Is it 14, 15, or 12? Uh, 14 stands out to me. That's what I'm going with. I'm sorry, you're incorrect as well. It's 12. You cannot trick or treat what? over the age of 12 in the state of West Virginia. You may be fined $100. I feel like I see 13 to 15 uh, year olds still trick or treating every Halloween. May have, What's now, going on? I was in Vermont at the time, may have gone trick or treating at age 19. We were looking for some candy. I mean, Scooty, you've got citizen police. Scooty, you've got kids over that 12 year old threshold mark. Uh, I mean, are they still trick or treating? I mean, are you pulling out the checkbook and writing that fine? No, I don't, actually, now that you say that, I don't know that 
that my oldest has trick-or-treated after the age of 12 so we might be okay but i uh, don't know that we knew the law but guido am i supposed to believe this is enforceable i mean we can't figure out that like 21 <laughs> year olds are pitching in the little league world series but we're gonna keep you know 13 year olds out of you know scoots you mean 13 ca- uh, candy 13 year olds or? that are disguised disguised wearing <laughs> right? yeah you know, disguised 13 I mean, year olds yeah yeah <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, are you now, Scooty, this year, are you answering the door on Halloween asking well, everybody their and, age? and here's the question. Yeah. Let me see your... <laughs> how about these, your uh, how about these parents that dress up with their child because they're going to claim that their child needs, a I don't know, somebody to go with them? Uh, are they... To, you know, we all know the parents getting the candy, right? So would that be uh, an offense? Right. Would that be something? Yeah, come on. I mean, I mean, could be, yeah. could be. All right, so we're all tied up, guys, going in to Final Bluff. 15 apiece. Close game this time. As we always do, Final Bluff is worth 25 points, and we ask you guys to have buzzers for the Final Bluff. So, Johnson, what's your buzzer this week for Final Bluff? Candy corn. All right, and Scooty, what do you got for a buzzer this week? Woo, sweet dang. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's funny, though, that you say it. I don't know. I don't even have any idea. All right. Here we go. Final bluff worth 25 points. This is for the win. And we're just going to we're going to get see if somebody gets the answer until we get it right. We talked about them earlier. True Treats in Harper's Ferry is a historically accurate candy shop in Harper's Ferry. They make candies that are made or were popular pre-1900. Which one of these is not is not an item that they sell? All right. Which one of these is not an item that they sell? Hickory bark, a sweet bark, this <clears throat> hickory bark, the sweet bark of a hickory tree, butter mints, peppermint candy with salt and butter, Ramp taffy, saltwater style taffy flavored with the wild, wonderful West Virginia onions, or bag of assorted roasted bugs. Candy corn. All right, Johnson, for 25 points and the win, which one is it? I'm overthinking this, but I'm going to go with ramp taffy. That's correct. Ramp taffy is not something that they actually sell there, which I personally feel would be a phenomenal item for them to add. Yeah, me too. I'm just thinking, Scoot, where the rivers come to that, what, confluence at Harper's Ferry, there's no salt water. So that one doesn't make sense to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, But, but, uh, but. I mean, come on, bag of bugs was a close second. Bag of bugs is something that they actually sell. Roasted. Bugs, Ugh. bag of roasted bugs. They actually sell there. Scoot, are you getting a? Next time you're in Harper's Ferry, are you uh, grabbing a bag no. of bugs? That's big. No, I mean, I bet they're like a delicacy though. Um, in some places, that is crazy. I mean, I I, I will give five bucks to see Scooty uh, eat a bag of bugs. Happening. Yeah, I feel like I'd want to see that. I feel like it's worth not it. Not happening, fellas. All right. Well, listen. Congratulations, Johnson, on the win. You pull it off, and you now for the first time. In 2021, take the lead and bluff the fluffs. Johnson now leads eight games to seven over Scoot. Johnson, how do you feel? And you didn't think that was going to happen, did you, Scoot? Look out. Uh, no, I did not think. But uh, when I guess when I think of candy, I think uh, nobody else other than Johnson. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. No, but all right. I, don't I either. feel like I'm Scoot should be nervous. I mean, thing. Scoot came out with a big three game to zero lead early on in the season and now has slowly but surely fallen apart, Scooty. Are you going to be able to pull it back together? Yeah, I think um, I, what I need you to do is I need you to go back and start asking us some of those uh, historic West Virginia University uh, athlete questions so that I can kind of get back on track. Which is odd because <laughs> 100%, like all the food-related ones, Scoot, you've been losing, Yeah, the ones you think Johnson would normally beat you on, like the history of WVU sports from the 1800s, you win those. Yeah, you always grab those. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm waiting on, and uh, that's what I've been training for. I mean, I think, to me, I feel like I've pulled off kind of a coup here. Chicken sandwiches and candy, and I win two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's true. This that is your true. wheelhouse. Uh, you're, you're, you're hitting me up with the food. And I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to do 80s sitcoms pretty soon just to give Scoot a fighting chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a segment where we let Scooty pull off the restrictors and play on the Internet. It's a little segment we like to call. I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check out our webpage. It's a great place to find out stuff about us. It's gotyourearson.com, Johnson, and it is the place to be. Yeah, that's right. So you'll find all the show notes uh, posted in blog form right after uh, we record this latest show. You can click on any of those to check it out further. You can click on the link to the merch store to check out our merch. We're adding stuff all the time still. You can also click on the link to the uh, tune in broadcast that's right there on the webpage. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. We hope to see you there soon. Every week, we like to allow Scooty to go out on the internet and find something that makes him giggle. And so this week, we let him do that again, and it's a little segment we like to call, I Can't Believe My Ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? Okay, well, uh, as we have gotten older, fellas, um, something that is kind of, I think I've noticed that uh, has gained a lot of momentum is okay. this idea that people have some say in all sorts of things that they never used to have say in. Would okay. you agree? All people right. feel like they've got I a mean, voice. And one of those ways you know. is one of these change.org petitions. Okay. Correct. These are very popular. Yeah, people yes, like to get are. on there. They like to promote them on the social medias. Um, not sure if you guys are. Oddly enough, oddly enough, we had one, guys, where we were trying yes, to get them. We did. Yes. We, we did. We did. And were we right. successful? I mean, we got about. Uh, we're in process. Yeah, we got a couple thousand signatures yeah. to name the court Huggins Court. Well, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are uh, all over the change.org website to see some of these petitions, but uh, there's one that has been gaining momentum this past week. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for what it is? It's got hundreds of signatures right now. 
Hundreds. Right now, hundreds of signatures, but it's it's starting to catch fire. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but France is in a little bit of financial difficulty. Were you aware of this? Okay. I, I don't know that I'm in detail awareness. Maybe this, not to the okay. level of where Greece was a couple years ago, but I think France has right. got some issues. Well, okay. there All is right. a petition to get Jeff Bezos. You know Jeff Bezos, right? I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. There is a petition yeah. to uh, urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Wait. Why eat? Wait, you had me at buy, but now yeah, eat? I'm, eat the, I get buy. I but get buy. Why I, eat? I get buy. I mean, I don't or think. Or is there some, is there just some secret expectation that I'm not aware of that the Mona Lisa is actually made out of some like well, wonderfully here, edible I guess thing? The, yeah, something? here's my question. Yeah, what is the Mona Lisa made out of? I, I mean, I mean, the Louvre a, maybe hiding it from us for years. Maybe it's a wonderful piece of cheese that's like it's painted on. Like some delectable uh, cheese. Know, like a yeah. tortilla. Um <laughs> Uh, apparently in the... I don't think... Wait, 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 wait. I don't think tortillas are French. Like, wouldn't it be like it's painted on a baguette? Uh, a baguette? Like, uh, I don't I think don't... it's painted on a tortilla. Uh, I mean, I'm just... So anyway, here's the wording. It says, nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. <laughs> One signer said, so... gobble the Lisa. <laughs> I feel... This is something society needs. Jeff, we need you to make this sacrifice for society. <laughs> People want this to happen. Oh. So if he gets enough signatures, do you think he does it? I mean, no. no. I'm going to go hard. If no. I got, yeah, no way. Uh, let's say I get 10,000 signatures on a change.org petition. Guido. Would you, <laughs> on camera, start eating that got-your-ears-on hat that you're wearing? <laughs> I mean, I, am I getting paid to do that? Like, it's no. It's just people telling me to do that? What if I told you, first, I want you to give me $25 for the hat, then I want you to eat it. Because <laughs> that's no, kind of what they're wanting to it. do. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, hey, buy this hat. And then eat it. <laughs> well, and this is even more like, hey, buy this thing that's not for sale and then eat it. By the way, it's not an edible thing. Like, none of this makes any sense at all. All right. Well, thank you, Scooty, for going out on the Internet and finding something completely ridiculous for us to talk about for a few minutes. Guys, WVU Sports is starting to kick up. We're going to still do the same thing we're doing a couple weeks on, a couple weeks off, but we'll be back on and off throughout the summer getting ready for the WVU football season, which starts September 4th against the Terps of Maryland. We're excited to play a rival from the old Big East days. Listen, if you get a chance, check us out online. Find us on Instagram or in uh, Twitter. You can look for us at Got Your Ears On or f search Facebook. It's Got Your Ears On. And you can check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. All right, guys, we'll see you in a few weeks with another show. Brent Solheim going to be joining us here in a couple of weeks as well. So make sure you tune in for that. We'll follow everything that's happening with WVU basketball. Miles, will he come back? Sean McNeil, will he come back? Shot Robot, we don't know. But we hope to tell you soon, so don't go anywhere. And don't forget, you've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.